0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Ivan Young Good afternoon, America. Today is February the 19th, 2014, and I'm glad you're here. I know you're glad you're here, too. This is going to be an awesome show. You know, there has been, um, I, I've been looking back and doing a lot of introspection. It's um, wow. so funny. There are so many things in our lives that tend to happen all at the same time. You know, a baby's born inevitably, probably three months prior to or three months post, someone dies. We start a new business just a few days proximal to starting it or the door opening. All these challenges hit you. You realize that, you know, you get a promotion at your job. All of a sudden, You trained all this time, let's just say, to be like an engineer, and then you decide you want to go into management. And all those classes that you hated, the ones that suck, psychology and sociology, you are so good at design and your mechanical attributes are just off the chain, but you don't have people skills for nothing. You get to a place where finally, finally, you connect with God. But why does that have have to happen when you are uh, sick and afflicted? Shortly thereafter, or you have someone ends up incarcerated, or your marriage ends. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. Tall trees have very deep roots. The things that are going on in your life right now are creating this thing that you feel is a test, but really. It is the formulation of a testimony, and it's going to be a wonderful experience. Though it sucks while you're going through it, it will turn out to be a wonderful experience. When I had a pleasure, I was, you know, we this, I guess, uh, during the last quarter of last year, I was in a meeting with my producer, and we were talking about um, not changing the show, but Really looking at its content. We last year we were nominated several times, and we had the honor, just as with this program, of being a staff pick amongst thousands of shows that are broadcast globally. Uh, this program has uh, consistently been one that's been recognized not only by you, the fans, but even by the people at Blog Talk Radio for the, having a significant uh, a co- commitment to quality and to. The human process. Well, today is no different. I have a young lady that I'm bringing into this program probably about 10 minutes after the hour that I know all of us have something in common with. Uh, You would probably think that I'm going to be talking about uh, star power and what it's like to win uh, nominations for awards ranging from Grammys to uh, platinum and gold records and things of that nature. But to be honest, I want you to get a pen and paper out. And yes, that's right, a pen and paper out while I talk to a superstar. Because I, I know for a fact that in her life, as well as in even your life and my life too, that we have these moments. That everyone is looking at us and they're thinking, you know what, so and so got it going on. Uh, you know, it's they dropping it like it's hot. Yeah, I haven't seen them on TV twerking or doing anything strange for no change. This person is just rolling in it. But what you guys do not pay attention to. And many of you are not aware of that for the 15 minutes of fame, there was about an hour and a half of pain. What you don't see is when the lights are shining, the brightest, sometimes the very night before, the person that you are being entertained by that you're checking out in the media, be it print, television, or a show like this, that person, that very day, maybe later that day or just prior, had been going through a living hell. You know, there is a biblical expression that I hear a lot of people just really over-massage. They say, weeping may endure for a night, and joy comes in the morning. Well, let me correct that. You done cried your doggone eyes out for weeks, months, some, of, some for some people years, and for others even a decade or more before that morning finally comes where there's a sunrise before that person can really look at their life and see, okay, now it makes sense. I recall going through seasons of development. And and even now, I'm going to, you guys know me, Dr. D is always going to be transparent. You know, when I start referring to myself in third person, right, it's, it's going to get deep. But the truth of it is, is that even in, in the midst of God enlarging your territory, typically things seem to condense themselves. They seem to almost evaporate, to become uh, non-existent just prior to the greatest thing or the greatest change or transformation happening in your life. I know that has been true for us. It has certainly been true for me. When, when I look back at a uh, situation and look at the moments that have gone down, I ask myself, God, you know, you told me. I mean, man, you told me to step out there and go do this. You told me to start that business. And, and I know right now somebody is listening to this program around the world and i and let me give a shout out to some of our fans in barbados and we're praying still praying for julie dash's mom and uh some of my friends in the virgin islands and the caribbean in the uk i love you guys i appreciate all the wonderful letters and as a matter of fact i want to thank a couple of other people uh Sa- Sa- saeed Man, I really appreciate your commentary. You're in Cairo, Egypt. Don't think that uh, we don't pay attention to all the mail that we get from around the world because it has meaning, and that's why I want to say this to whoever this is right now. Um, You may have just opened a beauty shop, but you don't have any customers. You may have just opened a restaurant somewhere, and it's lunch rush, and you haven't sold one plate. You may have just gotten your real estate license or even your GED, and now you still can't find a job. You finally got out of jail. Won't nobody give you a chance to hire you? I want you to know that God is not through with you yet. And, again, I'm not getting religious. If any of you know me, you have read the post on Facebook and all that stuff, and you're like, Dr. D is throat." This dude will tell you that God is ordering your steps, and and then he'll say you done lost your damn mind in the same sentence with a colon. Well, yes, I will, because the reason I'm going to take it to that level with you is because you cannot clean the fish and then catch them. If you're like me, you're not perfect yet, and if the least of your problems – is the fact that you're sitting there right now you're wondering god have you really left me man have you have you forsaken me i mean you know it, it's a deep conversation uh, i just got a message uh, from my producer that um i the this guest that i'm i'm about to bring on she she'll be coming on in about 2 minutes there's a gentleman that we uh that is in queue And I really want to, uh, I really want to talk to this brother uh, because he is he's phenomenal, and I think these two people are only just going to make today's program better. So, without further ado, Julia, would you do me a favor? And let me tell you, America, for those of you that are just tuning in and haven't looked at Facebook and you've been waiting since Sunday night to know who is on my program today, I'm going to let you hear 45, 45 seconds of something that is quite beautiful. The name of this song is What Can I Do to Survive? And it's by my special guest today, Miss Melba Moore. When I get back, I'm going to bring uh, Melba on, and then we're going to take a quick call also from Steve Drayton uh, during this interview because these are two people that have a message for you. But we're going to spend our afternoon today with the beautiful, the lovely, the very talented Miss Melba Moore. Julia, let it play. is simply beautiful, and without further ado, I welcome Miss Melba Moore to Conversations with Dr. John Young. How are you, Melba?
2: I'm
3: fantastic. Thanks for having me and debuting a little bit of my music.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that, um, you know, most people that would have the honor of interviewing you, there's a plethora of music that dates back for more than a moment now. And as I listen and look at the legacy of your career, everything from television shows when there were about three black folks on national TV, uh, you were were one of those people that just set a standard of excellence. And typically when people think of Diane Carroll and Mel and people of your stature, what they see is Hollywood, and they see the big Hollywood sign and the Walk of Fame and the gold and the platinum records and the ticket stubs. Melba, tell me about what. Tell me about some of the things that you learned on the days when you put on a smile for everyone else, but there wasn't one there for you. Oh uh,
2: well.
3: There are still those days because it was life is very much exactly the way you just described it. There are a lot of things going on at the same time. And I'm at a place in my life now where I've been through so many journeys and I've learned so many things. I'm kind of in a safe place but now it's my task to go back into the uh the cave or the hole and shine some light so some other people can Come up and, and and get the light because the the word says the world is in darkness and the people are in a thick darkness. But the light is sh- shown upon you, so you can't go up and put your hand on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You got to go back down in the pit and get the other ones out. So it's it's very um uh, mysterious <laughs> put it that way. I I have a smile for myself, but it's a solemn joy in some cases. This is not my joy. I'm still required to learn. What is God thinking about this? And what is my personal Lord? He's my bridegroom now. I've got to walk with him. This is, this is no joke. And when he says joy, he don't mean what I mean.
1: What, is, what does he mean, Melville?
3: He means be quiet so you can hear that small, still voice that's not speaking to you but speaking through you. You have to surrender in a way that you never were able to before, and this is going to be continuously advancing if it gives you the privilege to stay alive and breathe again.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, of all that you've done, there's such a body of work that if I start trying to name, uh, uh, just start naming even the albums and uh, the plays that you've done, we would take this conversation everywhere, but somewhere I wanted to go, I remember that um, you've been – I know that you've been a four-time Grammy nominee and that you've been also uh, the winner of a Tony Award for Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a Musical. When you had these moments, what did you draw from? Because I I, I know this. I'm not an actor, but I'm going to try to get Steve Drayton to believe that I could be one. But uh, in <laughs> sincerity – what did you use as source material in order to bring forth the essence uh, and, and the presentation that would let you create the believable character as Ludie Bell in Pearlie?
3: Well, it's really from my parents, especially well, my mother, who was a professional singer, and, you know, a child doesn't look at you. She looks through you. I saw in my mother's eyes this, romance this fire this love for singing and performing and she's just adored glamour and beauty and now i understand that's a little part of seeing the soul or the face of god he loves he creates beauty he loves things that uplift and inspire people and touch the soul not just this superficial i remember her saying especially after i had gotten my degree in music education and majored in voice and studied piano she says You can study all you want to, and you can practice all you want to, and you can sing as great as an angel. But if you don't touch their hearts, you haven't done anything. It's inspiration like that. My stepdad raised me and my mother, and he's 98, and he's he's getting ready to go out on his next gig. He says, take care of the gifts that God has given you. And he says, never give up. And I don't care what anybody tells you. They can tell you you're too fat, you're too ugly, you're too old. Don't listen to them. So they're my inspiration, and they lived by what they believed.
1: You know, one thing that I try to extol when I'm speaking or I'm working with a group, be it a family or in a faith-based environment, is be true to the gifts that God gave you because your talents, you know, are, are going to... Go ahead and make room for you, and these gifts will bring you before great men. I look back, and I know that prior to you landing in the center of the stage, you were peripheral to it, even backstage, sometimes working on projects where the people that you were working with weren't present, but you were very present in their success. What was it like? when you first started learning that, you know what, if I'm working with all these great people, there has greatness within me. When did you come to the conclusion that you knew that you were something to know?
3: I still don't really know that, Dr. D., but what I did know is I was in an environment where I was happy. Uh, I'd love to see other people's talent at work, and it gave me hope that one day it might happen for me, but if it never did, I was where – the culture, the life, the, um, the, the the style, everything that people did was where I wanted to live at. And, um, you know, now looking back, I, I think that's God telling you, giving you clues as to the direction you should start to go in and just stay there for a minute and see where he takes you next. And you go step by step by step. I remember... Hearing the voice of Aretha Franklin or Dionne Warwick or Johnny Mathis, uh, they weren't even in the studio. Or Frank Sinatra and being so excited just to be in the studio. Woo! I mean, just oh my goodness, I'm a singer. I can call myself a singer. I'm going to put a roof over my head by singing. There, being there. I guess it's, I guess it's God's telling you you're where He wants you to be. And if He's happy, He'll make you happy. You just start there. It's not that you know that you're great, but your life is great.
1: Well, there's someone that has uh, called in. He's uh, a, a friend of mine. You may have known, you may, everyone in America knows his brother, Flavor Flav, but Steve Drayton is really uh, a patriarchal entity within himself. And I wanted him to join us for a brief moment. He's Great. a fantastic moving coming out. And he's one, I mean, this guy is a... Pro, just a prolific director. His he makes urban content films, which I think America is being robbed if you don't go and see or rent some of his videos. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got some and some stuff dropping today. Steve Drayton, are you there? Yes,
4: sir. I'm here. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing, dude?
4: I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing.
1: How are you doing, Melba?
4: I'm doing great,
3: Steve. <laughs>
1: Do you guys know each other?
3: Well, we've met on the phone here. I love Steve already.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you, let me tell you, Melva, this you need to see his work. I, I know for a fact, and I can smell collaboration between the two of you in the brewing in the pot. Steve, I just want to ask a couple of questions, and um, I know you got a new project coming out. What's the name of it? Where is it dropping? Tell me what's up
4: yeah avenue uh project that I'm going to film the end of April. it's called family Court um I was raised by Melba Moore's presence to, to be in the film, and i'm like I'm like really excited about that she's going to it's called family Court. there's three judges that run the court, and um Melba's actually going to be one of the judges wow she's going, to, she's, going to, she's going to be the nice judge that has you know, <laughs> a sense of humor and and, and the civil one and then we have another judge that's going to you know just going to be the complete opposite you know that's man Well,
1: when, steve when, when you're writing and you you are envisioning these these things that you give birth to what is your source material and 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 I guess more directly what was your source material as it relates to this film
4: um i just wanted to make an entertaining way to show people the struggles that us as african americans go through in the court system but i wanted to make it funny so people will pay attention to it and i also wanted to um just let everybody know, you know, there's, there's not only there's not always a bad side to the court system, you know, there's also a good side also.
1: You know, I, I, and I want to uh, dedicate this program to your mom, dude. Uh, I know that both of us have that in common. Your mother, well, my mother passed uh, a few years ago. Your mom recently. And um, how did, how did her passing? Uh, serve as a motivating factor for you to keep this torch lit and to carry it in such a strong way.
4: Okay, well, 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 all it did was to inspire me to go hard, and my mom was a God-fearing woman, and um, she, yes, yeah, she was just an angel, and um, she always, you know, tried to, you know, direct us to do the right things in life, and and um, you know, after she passed, you know, I had, I had you know. God came to me early in the morning because I'm going a, I'm to a keep it 100. I was living with somebody, and I know I wasn't doing it right, and God told me to marry this girl. And I was like, well, uh, there's a few things that's not really – I'm kind of waiting on, you know, for her to fix it. You know, God said, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust me? Trust yourself. Marry that girl. I'll fix the rest, and I'm going to make everything happen in your life. And since I married her, and that was this weekend, that just passed. Everything is just opening up. Everything.
1: What? Hey man, congratulations. Uh, that's something I didn't know about and I thought Julia found out everything. You know, there's a song number that you wrote uh well you didn't write, you performed, it was a song that shot you to stardom and it's I Got Love. When yeah. you think of that song and you think of the content related to your life today.
3: Well, one of the things I realized looking back now, retrospect gives you some, you know, really good, clear views of what you couldn't see while you were going through it. You might, you, you did a nice slip. I might as well have written the song because what happened was when I auditioned for Pearlie, the director never heard me sing and didn't know I could carry a tune in a paper bag. And I had one song, which was a title song, but it kept stopping the show and getting a standing ovation. And the people kept coming back to him saying, you have to write her another song. So what they did was they fashioned this song around what my style is and uh, uh, what my personality was, especially as, 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 as well as what the character was. And basically it, it's saying, you know, I got love, sweet love, sweeter than a flower, growing by the hour i got it loud <laughs> that's all the instant life funny that's all that matters
1: <laughs> you, you know when you say that i think about all these times and, and i think about this with steve the way that when i looked up with steve they were pre, previewing uh his last film in houston and i was kind of you know he had me on his vip list and i'm like okay i got some problems My attorney happened to be a very good friend of Steve, and when they, Jaylene said, I'm going to call Steve Drayton. Matter of fact, you call him. And when I talked to him, it was like I was talking to my brother or my cousin or somebody. And I I remember when I was a child, um, don't y'all say nothing, I ain't going to give away my age, but I remember (laughs) you were basically a, a child that was just now getting where you didn't need a chaperone to. And you were on David Frost, Mike Douglas, Dick Cavett, uh, Carol Burnett, Flip Wilson. You you were probably you and I think you were one of few African Americans that consistently were graced the Tonight Show when it was hosted by Johnny Carson. What did all of that prepare you for, as it relates to life today, Melba?
3: Well, the shocking. Um intrusion of God's grace on you, and realizing that, see, what you're talking about is the time when they did not allow black people on TV that much, and what they did, like on a Carson show, uh, if if you had a hit record, they'd allow you to sing, and then they'd make you go. They'd never let you sit on the panel. And what God had done is, by giving my breakthrough theater and Broadway, that had another whole level of respect that meant that you were articulate, that you were intelligent. You weren't just a little monkey that could sing. And I realized when those doors were open for me, and I didn't even know what Broadway or Tony Award was, that, well, I had been placed in a special place, and that theater and Broadway was an anointing that God had put on me, a a way to show his glory. I think I even knew that then.
1: You know, it's funny. Stephen, when you finally got the call to Melbourne and you said, will you do my project what was that like man well
4: following some, following somebody for like four decades and never really actually bumped into them and always admired their work when it happened it, it was, if somebody would have asked me 10 years ago that I would be doing the project with Melvin But yeah okay yeah right <laughs> but yeah, all i like to say is god is good he he made it happen i'm I'm like really still still trying to take it all in because it's going to be a great project and I, I see her doing with that character
1: you know when I look at it Melba has been responsible for bringing I believe that people uh, and this may sound crazy to some of you guys but there's a scripture where it says God says I knew you before you oh, meaning knew before you, you ever yep. got here I knew you, the real you, the essence of you, the you that is undeniable quality, that is magnificently and wonderfully formed and made, the you that is nothing but an obvious being, being, a fight, that you. And then he says, before you, meaning this, whatever you've become today. And I look back and I look at Melville's anointing. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever heard of a little guy named Fred Jackson or Melissa Morgan, you probably wouldn't have heard of them in the way that you did or you wouldn't have seen the quality of the the smooth taste that came from them had it not been for Hush Productions. So, Melba, here's my question. What is it that you saw in Stephen and his works that made you say, I want to share my fight with this young man?
3: Well, it was Stephen speaking to me and telling me what his background is that he 's a fairly new filmmaker. I like honesty. Tell me what his credit was credits are, and you know what the film was about and The character is, is someone that I feel I could play because when when you say a judge, sometimes that kind of just automatically depicts austerity and and I'm kind of gentle, so he told me, don't worry, the character's sweet and so on. She can be a nice judge, it's okay. You know? And I got the sense that he knew what he was doing. And at, at this point in my life and career, I need to be a, a link between the past and the present and the future. And Stephen is part of the present and the future. And so I'm looking for opportunities to fellowship with people that have going on, but they're still young and fresh and new.
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing I looked at in his work, too, is his work always, uh, when I saw the, the the project that he filmed, I, I was sitting in the audience kind of stymied because I'm looking at some of these actors that are up and coming, like Michael Wayne, uh, if you guys know the comedian, Robin Harris, his nephew, who looks like his twin, Sean Harris, was in this film and a few other people Jaylene Mack and I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like this is really some good work what I want to do now is speaking of good work there is uh I want to be one of the first shows in the world to debut what can I do to survive so we've got from my understanding uh the full version of that right Julia Oh I guess that means yes so we're going to play that. And Stephen, if you want to hang around, feel free to do so. I know they told me you had a 1230 deadline uh, central time, I guess, or 1.30 your time. But if you can hang out a few more minutes, great. But we're going to go and check out What Can I Do to Survive by Melville Moore, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: What we had is just a memory so inseparable like we you to yeah. okay. be. Mm-hmm. Rain just falling down on my parade uh, You gave up on me why was you? Afraid?
1: Up that question—that is celestial. If, if there's a term that would best describe it, I think it would be angelic. Stephen, I want to ask you: When you, yeah, I know, and, and and part of this is going to be—I'm I'm going to call this—I'll show you mine; you show me yours. I am always showing the dark, the other side, the underside, the dark cloud, and the silver lining. Stephen, when you have sat there and you're trying to raise money for these films and get the right actors involved and to get all the permits and all the logistical stuff that nobody sees behind the scenes. You're making a wonderful film. I, for the young filmmaker that's listening, for to the actors and artists that's out there, Stephen, tell me, how do you make it through these hard, difficult days and persevere?
4: Well, you know what it is? And and this is just me, and I, I you know I only can speak for myself. When I pray about something and I get confirmation about it, I just go for it. And and if something gets a little 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 hairy, I don't really worry about it because once when God gives you His word on something, you just you just go for it. Once you pray for it, you get that confirmation, you go, you work because they say, uh, they say uh, faith without works is dead. And I believe in my prayer, and I don't consistently pray the same prayer because if I'm consistently praying the same prayer, where's my faith?
1: Wow. Give me an example of the most recent time so we can bring that to life because I've got somebody I know sitting out there on an island somewhere or sitting in the inner city somewhere just going, you know what, dude? I hear you, but, you know, I've heard that before. Bring it to life. Attach that to a situation, Steve.
4: Okay, here we go. Married Men and Single Women, the movie, Houston. I was about, I ran out of money, like, I ran out of money and only had maybe, like, another three days of filming. And I was I, I, I was thinking about pulling the plug, but I knew I couldn't do that. So me and the uh, the DP, we sat up all night and we cut together a trailer. And we, after we cut together the trailer, we went to see. We went to see some people to, you know, present it to them and I explained my situation. And would you believe they cut me a check to finish the movie? What? That's right, they cut me a check that day to finish the movie when I explained my situation. I think I was like five thousand dollars short. He looked at the trailer. I explained what was going on. He liked the trailer. He cut me the check, and I finished the film in Houston. This is the first yeah. time that I ever told that to anybody publicly because, you know, that was, you know, that happened. But that was nothing but God.
1: That is, you know, that just amazes me because that brings into that that situation where obedience is so much better than sacrifice. However, at the, in the same breath... The the two things that stand out to me in what you said is if you keep praying that same prayer over and over again, it's almost like saying, God, you know, you don't believe me, or better yet, God, I don't believe you. Yep. Jeez. And so when that took place, man, what was the the revelation or the lesson to you when that person said, here? Here's the rest of the money that you need. What What did you think? How did you feel?
4: Oh, uh, wow. Um, I just, I just. Uh, the first thing I said was, "Thank you, Jesus." And I guess, you know, anybody that was present, I just said that out loud because I was like, "Wow." And that's when that's just that's just a time where he just showed me that, hey, you asked for this, and you 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 were you were consistent about about what you were doing, and I told you, if you just do what you need to do, I got you. And he did that then, and just recently he told me, you know, to do what I need to do, and he got me, so I did what I had to do as far as, you know, marrying my wife.
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to be obedient. Okay, Melba, I've got to ask the same question of you. When well, you I, was look
3: to, back, I, I was going to jump in, but I was just going to say, you know, marriage is very, 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 very important to God. How we treat it is very important to him. And if you will honor him, he likes to go out of his way to show you just how awesome he is and how personal it is. Marriage is personal. And it's just something we pick up and it's very, very, very sacred. He came here to us through a married couple, and he didn't even let the husband touch the wife. And then when he came through her, he still left her a virgin. And I can go on and on and on. But Stephen did something very, very special when he married the woman that God gave to him. And now I reap the benefits.
1: Uh, Big question for you, Melba. out of these circumstances that you've seen, there were there were times, like a lot of people don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were married to Clifton Davis, or uh, people don't know of other things in your life where you had days where wrinkles came to your forehead. Tell us about one time when Melba was giving up on Melba, but God hadn't, and it was so apparent to you that, you know what, God still loved me, you're still here from me, and you're not through with me yet. He's uh, an example.
3: Well, that was a perfect example. I was never married to Clifton, and what I discovered, why I'm so excited about finding out how God feels about personal relationships, when we broke up and I had the opportunity to go through some very, very turbulent, terrible times, and so did Clifton, we began to understand where God was in all of this and try to get our ways back to that. And at that time, everything was, uh, I lost everything. And uh, I I had an abortion and had an IUD and through that almost lost my life. And I I discovered through that that, um, you know, he didn't give us life to kill it and to to, uh, abort it. I learned that the hard way, but I really learned it. And um, as I I was recovering, it took me over a year or so to recover because they did exploratory surgery because they didn't know what had happened. The IUD ruptured my appendix, and I was about to die. But God gave me all that time to recuperate, spend time with my own mother, and uh, really uh, try to take care of her, not so much myself but her. And it was through that process that I met Charles Huggins, who – gave me my career and my life back, gave me my daughter, gave me a family, gave me his family, and we began Hush Productions, and we gave life to many other people's careers once we honor God.
1: Amen. That, that is so deep because what I'm hearing both of you say is that in the, in the darkest hour, that's when the light illuminated your past. Now that you are in a position to give life to other people, and this question is for Steven, uh, Steven, what are the goals now for the Steve Drayton brand? Excuse me? What are the goals right now for the Steve Drayton brand? In other words, uh, what is it that is on your radar? Uh, you know, cause I know that TV media is coming out uh, to cover some of your auditions and Things like that, but what, what's your vision? Because from what I know, basically you're you're well on your way to being the next hottest young black film produced in the country. So what's what's on your agenda for the next uh, few months, the next few years?
4: Well, what I want to do is I want to provide opportunities for actors that. Had, you know, if it wasn't for me, they probably wouldn't get that type of opportunity. And I'm trying to um, because there's a lot of untapped talent and people that are out here, you know, praying that they get this break or exposure so people can see them and show them, you know, what kind of talent that God has gifted them with. And a lot of you know a lot of people in Hollywood, they don't give these people those chances. But if I see something that's special in somebody and it, and I can make it happen. That's 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 one of my primary missions because God has gifted me and gave me so much that I have to give it back.
1: You know that I, everyone has been there's been just this, earthquaking buzz about auditioning to be part of your film and all that. Uh, do you have any information for for those that are listening to this program, which you know. It's global programs where they can either send headshots or audition, or have you already filled it up?
4: No. um, I'm, I'm, After your auditions, hopefully I find everybody. But if not, everybody can send their information to BigCityFilms2 at Gmail. They send their headshots and their bios to me and let me look at them. Say it one more
1: time in case somebody missed it. Big
4: City Films, with an S at the end, Big City Films, plural, B-I-G-F-I-M-L-S, Big City Films, and the number two, at gmail.com.
1: Okay, yeah, because I remember when um, they were making Boys in the Hood, and people, everybody was excited about that, because at that time, Ice Cube was not a big star. Cuba Gooding Jr. was not a big star there were lots of people that now when I, I can't even think of some more sisters name, but you know, that there's so Neil many Long. people, yeah, Neil Long, that these people were not, they weren't A listers. They were like kids getting a shot to do something. So this is the exact same environment with Stephen Drayton. And the next thing before I bring Melba back in, I want to ask this one. If there's anything that you want Melba to bring to this show and that you know she will bring to this show? Other than her big name and other than the the experience, what are the intangible things that you think she's bringing to this project?
4: Melba has has this spirit and this light on her, and all I have to do is just catch it on film and everybody's going to see it.
1: Man, that, that, that's a mouthful. Uh, Melba, I want to ask you the same question. When you looked, at, and I don't know how much of uh, Stephen's work you've had a chance to view, but it's very, very quality stuff. When you look at his vision and his style as a director, what is it that you see that we need to be looking for in his talent?
3: You, you know what? Because the Lord has put me in drama in a very, I guess, um, Negro-colored way, which means inspirational. I don't look at so much at all of the um, the technical aspects in the in the credits. Perhaps I, I should do that more. But as I get to be more credentialed in this period of my life, I think I will to see who I'm around because I I will know who the people are and what and what it means. But uh, what, I again, once what I see is that uh, God is leading me to do certain things and be in certain places because it's a ministry, and I say yes to that and to wherever he brings me. If Stephen's project wasn't great, I probably would say yes because I feel like God wants me to do it.
1: You know, when I look back at your legacy, and uh, I know that I will probably not get this right, but I'm going to guess and say You've recorded in the neighborhood of 70-plus singles and EPs. You have uh, appeared on 14 compilations, uh, made probably 19 or more albums. This has nothing to do with all the television credits, the film credits. And when I looked at, like, even the film Fighting Temptations that Thorpe Q. Gooding Jr. and Beyonce Knowles, some of us may be familiar with, You've done this plethora, this this great body, this vast body of work, and the and with your cast mates and the other people that are the 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 top here, the A-listers in this film. What is it that you, being the stateswoman, the seasoned diva that's on this set, what is it that you would want these young actors? to walk away with as it relates to understanding the significance of this moment and the significance of working with this director?
2: Well, I
3: think I want the piece to do what Stephen wants it to do. We're here to carry out his vision. I believe if we do that, I, as he was, I, I haven't really studied the script, but I have so much experience in family court, and I know that people do, and certain African-Americans do. I remember almost... Cussing the judge up because he told me because my daughter became a certain age, just let her go and be on her own. I said, you're a judge and you got people helping you. You told me I should forget I have a child. I started screaming at him. This is family court. Mm -hmm. And I realized that some of those judges, they do whatever the heck they feel like they want to do because they've got a little uh, kingdom there. And so you have to go in and you have to learn how this system works. I hope that the people see some of their experiences here. I think that, that um, Stephen has a vision here, and if he sees that, if, if, we, if we all capture that, and this is a successful film, he'll be on the map even more you know, as, as a wonderful director and
1: producer. Stephen, uh, as we come down to almost wrapping this up, um, I want to ask you a question. What do you want America and the rest of the world where this film is seen what do you want us to walk away with? In terms, of, I know at first you said um, you do not want uh, to make the court system seem that it's Godzilla, which I get that. Is there another message in there that you want us to walk away with in terms of how we can affect that system?
4: Oh, definitely, because this—the other part of this film, it, it, it basically there's two. Attorneys that they're they're African American and they're, they're, they're husband and wife and they're married. but They are so involved with their careers that they have an 18 year old daughter that's basically raised herself and gotten into a lot of trouble. So and my what? thing is, I I need for people that even though they're a professional pay attention to your children and how they are coming up. You have to provide for your you have to provide for your family, but at the same time that they, you have to have some type of balance because an imbalance can uh, make a latchkey kid. That's what I call it. Go bad.
1: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I would, I appreciate you calling in, Stephen. I'm going to wrap this show with Melville. I want you to know, man, that the door is always open for you and your cast at this program. And, bro, I'm a, I want a spot in this movie, so I'm going to ask you in front of the whole world, you save a little spot for me if I don't do nothing but that, 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 that that's all, folks. But you let me have my little place in there, bro.
4: <laughs> yes, sir. Since so you put me on the spot, and my wife is sitting here right next to me shaking her head. <laughs> you, you, you get it.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, man, I love you, man, and send some love out to uh, Flav and let him know that, you know, I, here at this program, we're fans of the Drayton Dynasty, and you guys are really keeping your mother's vision alive, and again, this show is dedita- dedicated to your wonderful mom, dude, and I know she's looking down from heaven and smile for her boys. All right, thank you. I appreciate it.
4: Appreciate All right, it man, you we having love you. Um, You know, shout-out to everybody, and I love you guys. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank
1: Thank you, you, Steve. Steve. Okay. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Melba, with um, just taking these last few minutes, I want you, because I know that there is a plethora of information that you have lived, let alone harnessed, if there's something that you could say, as, you know, there's some sisters as well as some young men listening to this program right now that have walked out the vision. They opened that shop. They started that business. And right now, you know, that restaurant's not selling food. There are no customers in the beauty shop. And it's beautiful, but there's no business. And they're opening pink envelopes. And it's getting toward the end of the month and they're wondering, God, you know, you told me to do this. You said you'd never leave nor forsake me. You gave me this vision, and now what do I do? What do you say to these people, Melbourne Moore?
3: Well, first I will remind them that we're at end times, and the, our, our um, challenges are deeper and harder than they ever were. And one of the most difficult things is once you begin the walk of faith, to persevere and stay in it, and it because it, it's like he was saying about saying the prayer over and over and over again it has to occur to you he already did that then you have to remember what he did and you'll, you'll be an awesome wonder of what he's done and you all of a sudden be in an awesome place where whatever he's telling you 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 can hear it and if it's a terrible difficult thing you'll be happy to do it I swear that's the presence of God and he'll do that for you to keep you persevering uh, i I I look at some of my colleagues, and some of them have been very, very successful, but their careers and their lives are over. I've been very successful, yes, I have, but mine is just beginning. It's Jesus.
1: Man, that, that's a mouthful. Uh, what uh, do you have coming up in the near future? We know for a fact we have family cord with Stephen Graydon. What uh, do you have any uh, tour dates? Or any uh, any other plays or appearances? Are you recording anything new? Tell us what we have to look forward to from Melville Moore, 2014.
3: Well, all of the above, but I don't want to put too much information on your plate, so I will ask you to watch out for any um, television um, footage that will be out on the um, McDonald's Gospel Fest. I'm so grateful and proud of that because I'm on the same bill with Shirley Caesar, Vicki Winans, Dottie Peoples, Sissy Houston. Wow. uh, Sissy Winans. I mean, all the great ladies of gospel and Melba Moore, a little Broadway baby.
1: And when is this? Pay your pardon? I said, and when is this going down?
3: I'm sorry. This is going uh, May. Oh, God, you have to look it up. But I think it's May 19th. When is Mother's Day?
1: Uh, It's the second weekend in May. So you said it's the McDonald's Gospel Fest?
3: Yes. And all the great women of gospel are are going to be performing at the Newark Prudential Center. But I'm sure there's going to be some footage of it on YouTube. They're advertising like crazy because it's a major, major, major event. And I'm so pleased to be And I some
1: tickets. I'm going black on you, Melba. I need <laughs> tickets. <laughs>
3: no problem. I'll find a way to try to be a diva on that day.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I want to. And the last thing that I need to get into before I uh, free you from my grasp is where can the fans reach out to you? How uh, on uh, Facebook, Twitter? Give us the handles so everybody can like your page and 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 follow your blogs and what have you.
3: Oh, heavens, I always get this wrong because I do it so seldom. But I know I can let you know to go to my website, noblemore.com, and all the information that you need and how you can get me on Twitter and Facebook and whatever else new they're doing right now. You can get it there. I don't want to give you the wrong information. But you can also go on iTunes, Amazon.com, CD Baby, and I'm sure there's some other social outlet uh, media that you can find What Can I Do to Survive. And I'd like to also let people know that What Can I Do to Survive is written by the son of Gene McFadden of McFadden and Whitehead, whose name is Dominic McFadden. We're going to hear so much more from him. His music is so great and such quality, but he doesn't sound anything like his dad. So we have a whole fresh new generation of uh, McFaddens. Dominic McFadden.
1: Wow, so they're definitely carrying that legacy of ain't no stopping us now and nothing is stopping Melba more. Melba, thank you so much for spending this lunchtime love hour with us, and uh, we just want to let you know that we've always loved you. Uh, The program is a huge fan and supporter of not just your music, but your anointing, what it represents. So thank you for being my guest this afternoon.
3: It's been an extreme pleasure.
1: (laughs) All right, and I want to also say I want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring show the show to tens of millions of people, and I want to give a shout out to Melbourne Moore's manager, Ron. Ron, man, we really do love and appreciate you uh, for pulling her, pulling us into such a busy itinerary and such a an arduous schedule because I know getting an hour of her time on a day like today was not an easy feat. Now, America, I want you to stop and just let's backtrack a little bit. There were some things that were said in today's program that I do not want you to sleep. Uh, You know, we had two celebrities on here, but they were very transparent to you. Both Steve Drayton and Melba Moore said that it's not always going to be sunshine, but God will never let you get caught in the rain. And even though it may uh, it, it may get dark and it may become challenging and it may feel that there is struggle, I want to tell you this resistance creates strength and tests bring about testimonies. As you heard uh, the most beautiful thing Stephen said, and I'm going to plagiarize, plagiarize you for this, Stephen, is he made a comment. He, he said, you know what? You know, man, after I ask God about it or for it, I let it go. And I'm going to be real honest. Dude was all up in my grease right then because I am a person that I don't know if it's me doing it out of obedience or fear, but I'm always praying and saying, God, thank you for the same things over and over. And perhaps that's a lesson for me as well as for you. As Dr. D. Von Young delaying his blessings by being redundant, is that really a form of doubt? Is it? And Melba Moore made another comment that, you know, it's never over. This woman, uh, I'm going to tell you, she's a seasoned diva. And she is, and if you stop and think, you know, the shows and the television programs that I mentioned, Merv Griffin, Johnny Carson, those shows were on in the 70s, folks. And this woman is still vibrant, still beautiful, and doing the thing and doing it right. Um, So however old you are or are not. If you're in your 20s, stop tripping. Your day is coming. And if you're in your 50s or your 40s or your 30s, uh, believe me, i have sorry. I don't know if you guys watch uh, the Braxtons, but Tamar is a hot mess, but, but that's my girl. She, she's crazy as a Bessie Bull. She's crazier than a bee in a beer bottle. But the thing that she did there, uh, they were showing this episode where she received an award. And she said, you know what, I don't care if I'm 30-something or if I was 50-something, this is my time to shine. And I know I'm plagiarizing her because for some of you Braxton fanatics, you probably remember the quote word by word. But the essence of it is simply this. It is never too late for God to bless you. And with that said, uh, going into this last minute, I want you guys to make sure you do a couple of things. Go to Facebook. Hit the Like button. For all of us, Steve Drayton, Melbourne Moore, Dr. D, it's not Dr. Devon Young. It's just D-I-V-A-N Young on Facebook. But hit those things because now the media, these uh, broadcast groups, they measure our inactivity, and they measure how many of you are following us. So definitely show your love, show your support. Go and hit that like button, hit that follow button. Make your comment, and definitely share if you read something that touched your life, that impacted you, make sure you share it. And and last but not least, well, this isn't last. It's almost last. Julia will be out in two minutes. Uh, To the people at Blog Talk Radio, I just want to send a shout-out to you guys and tell you uh, conversations with Dr. D. Young loves being part of the team. We really are uh, honored that you guys have blessed us again to give us featured program status We are honored to be a staff pick, and we hope that we are representing not only your brand but ours well. So I just want to let you know that we don't take for granted the relationship we have with your broadcast group, and we love you. So love us back. With that said, this Sunday night, there's going to be another awesome program. We are at 730 Central Standard, 830 Eastern, and 530 Pacific Time. Don't miss it. When you tune in, make sure that you have your pen and your paper because every program that we do in 2014 is dedicated to do one thing, and that is to give you the tools that you need to live a profoundly extraordinary life. With that said, this has been Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I love you. There's nothing you can do about it, and I will talk to you Sunday. (laughs) Have an awesome week. Bye now.
2: No.